I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, December 9, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? What do we have on the docket this week? There's actually a lot of stuff going on over the next week. So we have what to discuss. First, before we do that, let's take a quick review of where we are. Let's get the lay of the land before we start throwing the ball around the horn. Friday, the market gapped up. They did not make a new high. They did not close above. And hear this one, 315.04. They went up a little higher, but they closed below. They were above, however, the breakdown candle high. What am I talking about? Right here. That high was 314.66. So they closed above that which under normal garden variety market conditions is somewhat bullish. But at the same time, we're at new highs. So what's more important, the old highs or the breakdown candle high? So what do they do? They stop somewhere in between. When they're up here, it's hard to split hairs over pennies. What we said last week was under normal garden variety market conditions, the market wouldn't just pull back, and then run up and waltz right through this area. We talked about the market running up to test what? The breakdown candle high. So they went higher. That was a little out of character as far as I'm concerned. However, I wasn't too concerned. Why? We said, we said last week, we said we were taking a short trade up in that neighborhood. If the market got to the breakdown candle high, yours truly would be taking a short trade. Why was that? And by the way, inside the numbers members were told also on Friday, I was taking the trade. Why? Because it's close to risk. When we take a trade, we need a couple of ingredients. We need to A, know where the trade goes wrong. What are we trading against? Where are we wrong? Is it small and can it happen quickly? Hence, we want to be wrong small and fast if we have to be wrong at all. So based on where the market was on Friday, what was the risk? The old high was 315.48. The market made a high of 315.31, closed at 314.80 something, 87, and therefore you're close to risk. The risk was a close, meaning a daily close above the old high. All right, that's a recap of kind of what happened over the last couple of trading sessions. Now what? Well, we have a number of things on the docket this week. Most importantly, and you know this already, we have Kabuki Theater. The FOMC meets, they meet Tuesday, they conclude Wednesday, they come out with their interest rate announcement and commentary Wednesday afternoon. Jerome Powell will give some kind of an announcement slash notes, speech, press conference, whatever it is. It's all part and parcel to what, let's say it all together, Kabuki Theater. Who knows what the Fed is going to say? Who knows what they do or won't do? They're going to tell us that their target inflation rate is X and they're on target to be at or close to X. Fantastic. Please explain to me why anybody wants inflation. Sure, asset inflation can be good for those that own assets, 
but everything else is operating costs inflation. Yours and my operating costs, meaning what we spend on a monthly basis, continues to go up and up and up. That's inflation. Explain to me why that's good. Been asking that question for over a couple of decades, have yet to get the answer. At least one that makes logical and common sense. All right, so that being the case, since we have Kabuki Theater on the docket, we did come down a little bit in the market. We did test 315 and change again. We have this big white space in between current price and a gap left open from Thursday. That gap is 312.23. We're going to use 312 for simple rounding purposes. It's not exactly a big fat round number. It's just maybe a little plump. So look at the setup. It almost seems too easy. This one certainly already looks like a duck. The market tested the old high, or at least it came close. It retested what I believe to be important a little bit north of 315. Most of you remember the reason why that was important. Those that don't are going to have to go back and find it. But the way in which we come up with those type of resistance or support areas is precisely the same thing that I continue to do over and over and over again. It's the same thing we did last December. It's the same thing we continue to do each and every time the market comes into an important time period or an important price, preferably time. Time is more important than price, but guess what? When they converge together, you generally hit the ball pretty damn hard. So now, let's get back to the duck. We have the Fed on the docket this week. So Wednesday afternoon, we could expect that EKG market to show up. What happens before Wednesday? Typically, things get rather quiet. However, there are times, and here comes the duck, there are times where the market will pull back into the Fed announcement. It's kind of like the way the market speaks to the Fed. Remember, it's always the tail wagging the dog. The tail is the market, the dog is the Fed. So sometimes the market wants to give a little bit of a hint, a little bit of a nudge to the Fed saying, hey, don't do anything stupid. So in the meantime, it'll pull back, get everybody discussing bearish stuff, get everybody scared about the Fed, and then the Fed will appear as though nothing is wrong here. There's still a put under the market as far as they're concerned. Fed to the rescue. Don't fight the Fed. That's the underlying theme of the market right now. However, wouldn't that be rather convenient for the next day or two to pull back into the Fed announcement and then the market can make a decision? Do they open the trap door or do they decide to turn around and have another rocket ride making new highs? We'll worry about that when we get there. My personal opinion today without seeing what happens after Wednesday is that's not going to happen. But I don't want to get out over the skis. Let's worry about it one day at a time, one candlestick at a time. What else do we have this week? We actually have two more items this week. One of them is one of those where time is more important than price things coming in. I'm going to keep that one to myself for now. But remember, time is more important than price. Later this week, the market will likely be trading into a specific time period and likely price where it would be poised for a turn. Does it have to be a long-term turn? Can it be a short-term turn? Yes. Right now, we label it as a turn. 
the other thing taking place this week, and things could kind of get wacky sometimes when this thing takes place. And this thing happens to be the futures contract. So right now you're looking at ESZ19. That represents the ES December futures contract, the S&P E-mini December futures contract. This week, later this week, we will roll into the March contract. For a while, they'll trade together, and then all traders will ultimately migrate into the March expiration contract. Why is this important? Well, it may or may not be important, but what I want to bring to your attention is sometimes during a roll, meaning when certain traders, certain investors, certain institutions that are holding contracts have to roll from the December, in this case, to the March contract, March of 2020, weird stuff happens. There can be price disparity. There can be shenanigans. So we can't see the shenanigans coming in advance, but what we can do is know about it in advance, be prepared if we see something a little bit wacky going on, we have in the back of our mind, part of it may be shenanigans. Back to the SPY. Now what about the other side? What about the bull case? What happens if all of a sudden we wake up to a gap up in the morning, just for argument's sake? Well, above Friday's high, and they'll likely be making a new high. Would they make a very expansive new high? Meaning, would they just keep going indefinitely? The answer is no. My expectation is, if that did happen, they would make a marginal new high and likely come back down beneath the high once again. That's my opinion at this point, so take it for what it's worth. Most opinions aren't worth the toilet paper they're written on. Keeping the ball moving around the horn, we're going to check out Camp IWM. What's going on here? Well, right now, it's one of those, it's all the same market. So all the markets are going to go up and come down together. Is the IWM telling us anything from a short-term perspective yet? The answer is no. It's pretty much on par in terms of how much it was down on par with the SPY today. The difference was negligible. When it's negligible, there's nothing we can read into. The chart from a short-term perspective looks very similar to the SPY. In comparison, though, it was far above its breakdown candle high. That's the one on Friday the SPY just eclipsed by just a little bit. So there definitely is a disparity between the SPY and the IWM. So therefore, why don't we go take a look a little bit deeper? The SPY is at new all-time highs. Not today, but we're basically at new highs when you look at the big picture. Looking at a weekly or monthly chart, they're at highs. The IWM is not at highs. However, they're breaking out of this channel that we've been discussing for quite some time. You can draw the channel in any number of ways, but here's the point. This is the conceptual channel, and they've essentially broken out they came to backtest it when? Last week, and here we are comfortably above the channel. They can come down and backtest again. However, getting inside that channel, comfortably inside that channel, would be a negative or bearish sign for the IWM. Staying above that channel is bullish and portends higher prices. I'm just the umpire calling balls and strikes. That's what the charts are telling us today. If something changes, the story changes. The story is ever-evolving. The market is fluid. 
The story is fluid. How about the VIX? If you remember from last week, we talked about the VIX down in that neighborhood at the breakup candle low. That would be attractive. That tail candle you see today, or that tail of the candle you see today, didn't really get down there while the market was open. It may have gotten there in the pre-market. I didn't notice it. All I see is what the chart shows. We can go down to a shorter time frame, and you'll see this whacked out candle. I believe it's at, yeah, a little after 9 o'clock in the morning. So I can't vouch for it. Not sure if it's real or fake. But what I don't believe in is accidents or coincidences. So it was last week I said down in that neck of the woods is an area that I would be willing to pick up the VIX. It was also the last breakout area. What do markets like to do? They like to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Side note, all that kind of stuff is taught in detail in my course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. That's just the tip of the iceberg. We use this three-pillar approach. These videos are continuing education every single day. The course is the foundation of how the market really works. When you put those two things together over time, you can't help but become a better and more profitable trader. The third leg of the stool, or the third pillar, is inside the numbers. What an opportunity to look at stocks on the move from where? Inside the numbers today. Now, the commentary today was pretty garden variety. I'll scroll through in a moment, but I want to show you first stocks on the move. We'll take a look at CrowdStrike after we scroll through the morning notes and then the intraday commentary. Take notice of entry number one, $49.01. Pre-market morning notes. And the reason why I say it wasn't anything earth-shattering today was simply because the market was so quiet, the volume was so light, the market really didn't get moving until later in the afternoon. You can pause the video and read the notes at your leisure. I'm just showing you for those traders that may believe, that may think, that may understand that having this commentary throughout the day will help their trading. That coupled with stocks on the move list which generally speaking we usually get at least a trade or two a day how did crowdstrike do for us today well friday crowdstrike closed at fifty dollars and eighty six cents it was getting a minor haircut at the open however there was a price zone clear enough to me it made the board forty nine dollars and one penny was the suggested entry price you can see what happened The rest is history. It had basically an immediate rocket ride, or if not a rocket ride, it had somewhat of a drone ride all the way up to the high was $50.96 for almost a $2 ride on a Monday morning when the overall market was doing what? Nothing. Came back down later in the day, but guess what? The trade was over. We're trained to do what? to put profit in our pocket. We had fantastic trades on Friday. We put profit in our pocket Friday with glue. We had profit today right out of the chute. The short is starting to work from up in no man's land around the old highs from Friday, one day at a time, one candlestick at a time. Keeping the bull moving around the horn, taking a stop down at the transportation department. What do we have here? What I think we have is the canary in the coal mine. Transports are my second favorite market leading indicator. First favorite canary in the coal mine. Why isn't this breaking out? 
Look at the IWM trying to break out of a weekly chart pattern. What about the SPY at highs? What are the transports trying to tell us? It's trying to tell us until and unless they get above that trend line, the bulls are wrong. They may be right for a day. They may be right for another week or two. They may be right for another month, but they're going to be wrong. That's what the transports are telling us. We've done this before. However, when you look at the hourly chart, what do you see? They could be right tomorrow. They could be right leading up into the Fed announcement. The transports could diverge from the market. The transports could come down and this bullish pattern, this bull flag pattern, bull wedgish pattern could certainly break to the downside and they could come down and fill the gap similar to the discussion in the IWM and the SPY. So we don't know. I'm just looking around the horn. We're playing umpire, calling balls and strikes. We want to look at as many markets and then as many sub-charts as possible to get the clearest picture. They're all puzzle pieces. They go on the table. And as they become assembled, what happens? The picture begins to get clear. It begins to emerge. Here's a 120-minute chart, a slightly different look. Now, it's got another pattern within the pattern. So we had a gap up and a pullback, a gap up and a pullback. Are we going to get another gap up and a pullback into the 100 period moving average? That's possible. We don't know. I'm just telling you what I see when the different charts come up. But for now, from a daily chart perspective, that's dominant. So they can rise, they can rally into that trend line. Getting above that trend line is a different story. What are the cues got going on? Anything relevant? Anything we need to know? It's pretty much the same story as the SPY, as the IWM. The cues look the same. Let's move it along. Financials, here we go again. It's all the same market. If the SPY is coming down, the financials are going to come down, the IWM, the transports, they're all going to come down. Everybody's going to fill their respective gaps or come close. Some may not fill their gaps, and that may be a bullish sign. We don't know. Just throwing it out there, put it in the back of your mind. Even beforehand, we already know getting below the gaps and staying there, the longer they stay there, the more bearish that is. Bouncing away from the gap or coming up short and leaving the gap alone, sometimes that's very, very bullish. It's unlikely they're going to leave the gap alone in the SPY at this point, especially with the Fed on the docket. Markets can move several points really fast, very easily when the Fed's on the docket. SMH, pretty good proxy for the tech space. A little bit of a leading indicator specifically today. It is a leading indicator within the tech space, but today it was certainly leading to the downside. So we take note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. But in reality, there's nothing different going on here than anywhere else. Look at the hourly chart of the SMH, and then we'll compare and contrast that to the hourly chart of the transports. So there is a difference. You can see we've already got below Friday's opening range low. Now you go back to the transports, and you can see that they're not yet below Friday's opening range low. So that's interesting. It's of note. It's certainly a puzzle piece. It's on the table. I had some requests to talk about natural gas tonight. There's a lot of fanfare about natural gas. Had a big gap down and a reversal today. Finished near the highs. Pretty good day for natural gas. You can trade this against the low. 
They're going to come back down. It's not going to take off like a rocket. It may, but as it stands now, this is tradable to the long side against today's low. Where's the first target? It's a duck. The gap, right here. When you look at this gap, the closing price of this candle, 2.334, that's your target. Ultimately, they'll go fill the gap. That doesn't mean that's where they have to stop. That's just a target. And with that, folks, it's a pretty good place to pull the ripcord. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight, so I will give it a wrap. Before I do, I first must thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.